right. Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy. With me is that other guy, the other host. It's Michael. How's it going, Michael? Not too bad, Jeremy. We're still rolling light for the time being. Yep, light episode. But, But, before we get to trivia... Yes, sir. Rank these luncheon meats, these cold cuts. Jesus. From one to four. Roast beef. For the, for the record, I'd like to point out that I don't know what we're going to talk about before we do these things. So I have little, unless I'm the one who's springing this nonsense on Michael, like <laughs> talking about, you know, rate the participants of the 1997 Royal Rumble or something <laughs> stupid like that. I don't know what we're talking about, but okay. As you were, roast beef. Ham. Ham. Bone in ham. <laughs> Turkey. Mm-hmm. Chicken. And this is on a, a sandwich. Okay, so I'm going to go from four to one because I frequently do use cold cuts slash lunch meats. The best one you did not put on there, which is a salami. Oh, salami. Kind of salty. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I have I have a salt tooth as opposed to a sweet tooth. A salt tooth, I like it. it it's it's a problem. It's, it's <laughs> going to give me issues at some point. But I would say chicken at the bottom. Just because it's it's a weird meat to have like sliced deli style. Can they do that? I yes I, they can. Yes okay. they can. They can and do. Let's see. Then there's roast beef. I'm gonna go ham, just because like I I like ham, but it's it's got to be a specific kind of ham. Too many of them try to get all fancy with like the various like brown sugar ham or maple mm. ham or what. Mm-hmm. I I like ham. That that's like a ham and Swiss is pretty awesome, or a ham and cheddar. Okay. Number two will be a roast beef, just because you it's very rarely you can get a medium rare lunch meat. Yeah. But you can get a medium rare roast beef, which is clutch, and it gives you an excuse to make hor- make or get horseradish sauce. Oh, that seems like a good combo. Number one is turkey, if only because it's a uh, a fairly versatile lunch meat you can get it smoked you can get it mesquite you can get it honey you can get it spicy and it goes with a good many cheese too now turkey is a lunch meat would you take that not necessarily on thanksgiving but over like your classic bird turkey or roast turkey it seems like sliced turkey is superior to roasted huge bird in an oven turkey. Well, I realize it's been, you know, decades since you've eaten meat, but... <laughs> well, that's kind of why I'm getting at this. Well, yeah, but, I mean, uh, you just brine the thing. Well, a yes. Nice, a nice dry brine will uh, keep your, your meats moist. And when you reheat, put just a couple dabs of water and cover the bowl that it's in in the microwave. So it's all about the technique. It is about the technique, sir. Okay. Okay. But yes, as far as like ease of use and uh, availability, yes, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, but that goes for like any of them, short of like frying a chicken breast in a pan or something like that. Roast beef is the most labor-intensive one. Yeah. Because you gotta keep you gotta keep a real tight eye on that. You gotta keep basting it like Marge. Uh, sometimes I, <laughs> I think you do that with ham more than anything. Oh, was that the ham? Okay, I, I, it might may have been. I don't remember, but yeah, I, I, I'm not a big glaze fan. I, I, like I said, I got a salt tooth. I don't like sugar on everything. Jeremy, are you ready for some trivia? <laughs> now the ham cast is over. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am ready for trivia, Michael. Thank All you. All right. Now this <laughs> trivia is family family trivia. 
So there's one set for adults and one set for kids. Okay. Um, all these are kind of older, as evidenced by this first question here. I remember actually playing this when I was younger. So I'm going to try to rapid fire through the kids ones. So I'm not going to even suggest an answer. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to have you answer. And we'll, and then we'll try on the adult version. Gotcha. What's the sequel to the movie Look Who's Talking? Look Who's Talking to T-O-O. That's right. What president had to flee the White House when the British burned Washington? Oh, that's actually kind of uh, challenging. They did that in the 1800s, right? Yes. 1812? Yeah, War of 1812. It was whoever was before Lincoln. Lincoln? Well, no. Wait, no. Hold on. I'm, I'm way off. Yeah, Lincoln's uh, Lincoln. Like, it's not Grover Cleveland was in uh, uh, Taft. I don't know. <laughs> James Madison. Never would have gotten it. He's a bit of a jerk in that Hamilton book. Madison? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he was a coolio dude. Most of them were kind of jerks. Except for Hamilton? No, he was kind of a jerk, too. <laughs> okay. He cheated on his wife a lot. Oh, no. Yeah. Hamilton? You haven't listened to the musical, have you, Michael? No, no I've not. Oh, okay, okay. You should do that. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, next question. Rapid oh, fire. Oh, boy. What entertainer's memory does Bill Cosby honor Ooh. <laughs> by wearing a pin reading SDJR? SDJR? Yeah. Somebody junior? These are harder than I thought they'd be. No, no, it's Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. What wind-powered building was originally used to grind wheat? A windmill. Yes. What's the reduced sap of a maple sugar tree more commonly called? Syrup. Yeah, maple syrup, yes. What channel started up in 1981 by airing the Buggles video killed the radio star? Ms. MTV. Yeah, that's right. All right, so like four of those were like slam dunks, and two of them were no. You got SDJR too. Yeah, I got those. Were all easy. Okay, let's do uh, the adult version. The Madison one was not easy. I know. Yeah, that was a little tricky. I mean, we got the year right, but okay. In 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 theory, we got the year right. (laughs) Okay, here these are the ones that were for the adults. Gotcha. What late entertainer did Michael Jackson once tell, (laughs) "If you weren't there, I wouldn't be here." And when is this from? Like when you were a child? Yeah. So was like it re- relatively new when you were a child? It's like late 80s, early 90s? 95. Late entertainer. If you weren't there, I wouldn't be here. Could it be... It's probably someone from Motown. Yeah. Barry Gordy? What if it was Sammy Davis Jr.? Sure. Let's go with that. All right. I don't know. Oh my God, it's Sammy Davis Jr. Sweet. That's like total coincidence. These cards have been shuffled and uh, wow. Okay, who anchored CBS's coverage of JFK's assassination and man's first moonwalk? Cronkite? That's my guess too. Although he's kind of a roving reporter, but was he behind the desk? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is correct. The only other thing I was going to pull is Sam Donaldson, but A, he was younger and weirder yeah. looking, and B, he was on ABC. Those eyebrows. Well, hello, I'm Sam Donaldson. He always freaked me out with the eyebrows. <laughs> Didn't like him. What war had American soldiers eating canned food for the first time? Probably World War One. Uh, what about civil? Canned food was like Napoleon. When was Napoleon? Like 1800s? Yeah. I mean, maybe Civil War. That seems early, but I don't 
No, I think we'll go World War One because I think canned food was started up in Napoleon's army, and well, that was and that was like eighteen. That was in the eighteen sixties too, wasn't no, it? No, it was earlier, er, much earlier. They talk once again. They talk about that in the Hamilton book. Ooh, uh, oh, Civil War. What the hell? Let's do Civil War. Let's pop it out. That is correct. Wow, saved by the uh, the book. Yes. Oh, good teamwork. Yeah. What European car uses a symbol for iron in its insignia? Oh my God! What's steel? No, steel reserve has the number. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, iron is Fe. Yeah, but I think it's like a abstract symbol. Oh. So European well, Benz, Cr- Beamer, Chrysler, Chrysler, Volkswagen. Volkswagen is a V and a W. Yeah. Okay, there's Renault, there's Fiat. Peugeot. Peugeot, yeah. I don't know what any of their symbols are. No. Okay, well, if it's iron, it's probably a harder core of person. Yeah. I mean, it has to be somewhat mainstream, don't you think? Like, Let's go with Benz. Benz, yeah. That's the only like abstract one I can think of that doesn't have an obvious other meaning. Lamborghini has a horse. Or no, they have the bull. Ferrari has the horse. Sure. Uh, Yeah, let's just go with that. Fix it all the time. Volvo. They have a symbol? Fix it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I just got your joke. (laughs) You're welcome, Michael. (laughs) The Volvo is like the male symbol. It's like the circle with an arrow. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Ah, Swedes. Right? I just remembered the... God, I don't know. (laughs) My Bosch drives a Volvo. Yeah. That's all I know about him. <laughs> Next question. What baseball pitch was William Candy Cummings the first to ever throw in 1864? Curveball? Curveball or I'd say fastball. That's Fastball seems like pretty just like what is a fastball? Just throwing a ball <laughs> really yeah. quickly. I mean, like, I, I, I'm sure the fastball in like Babe Ruth time was like 45 miles an hour. <laughs> okay. And they can, like, Nolan Ryan can, like, whip one at, like, 115 miles. Or, <laughs> right. or, you know, I don't know. I don't like baseball. Yeah. My guess is a curveball, because that seems like the sort of thing that has enough freak, you know, aspect to it that it could really right. screw with pre-Civil War <laughs> or, or antebellum South sort yeah. of people. Demonry. <laughs> Burn him. All right. We'll say the curveball. That is correct, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. That is correct. You're welcome. I do what I can. What name did Hosea Bent coin in the 1890s after noting that his biscuits made a crackling sound when he chewed? Cracker, perhaps? Oh, I'll agree with that. I had no idea. And that is correct, Jeremy. We got as many right on the adult card as we did the kid card. I'm a big boy. All right, enough of that nonsense, Jeremy. Let's mm-hmm. get into the beer. I'm curious about this one because it is mysterious. It is. Michael, do you want to give the uh, details or should I? Um, I can read the flavor text on the bottle here. And, oh, look, there's some more stats on it, too. Do so we want to say what this is? You say what it is, I'll give some stats. We're going back to Cedar Rapids, Iowa with the upstart Iowa Brewing Company and The Red Thing. Yeah, it has kind of a swamp-like creature on the bottle. I always think their stuff looks like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, you could pull a mask off of this guy. Have we uh, done one by these guys before? Did we do Zoinks? No. Okay. I think this is first from Iowa Brewing Company. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we're back-to-back weeks on Cedar Rapids, and we might have to choose our favorite of the two because pulling back the curtain, 
we just finished the uh, Lion Bridge uh, yard it's work true. IPA. Yes. So we're having these back to back, and we'll let you know what we think about this as far mm. as the king of Cedar Rapids. Pulling well. <laughs> so asterisk because there are a good many brewery in Cedar Rapids these days, Michael. There's like six. Yeah. And uh, if plans follow through, I think my bachelor party later this year will involve us going to like all of them, mm. which I'm told is on brand. But, <laughs> but in any case, uh, the red thing, Michael, hit me with some details. The red thing, a hoppy American strong ale with a fun and familiar hop presence, hopped with Columbus, Chinook, and Zythos. What is this thing? Caramely, malty, and tasty. With a bitter, dank, and earthy finish. Sure, it's a thing. Try it out with your friends and stuff while camping or whatever. There are ellipses in that last sentence. We, Michael, we have had something by the Iowa Brewing Company. Oh, we did. We had Spicoli. Ah, yes, that kind of got buried in the recesses of my mind. I mean... Behind other beers and Phantasm. Oh, yeah. Did we do that when we watched Phantasm? That was after. That was the after party. The Phantasm after party was Spicoli. Oh my God! Wow, it's it's all coming back to me. Yes. Much like Meatloaf said, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> That's right. He wrote that song. No, his songwriter. Wrote his that song. song. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yes, his <laughs> songwriter. The only good Meatloaf albums are the ones with uh, that guy, Bernie. No, Bernie Taupin is Elton John. What's his name? Oh God damn it! Uh, keep talking. I want to figure this out. That's probably some other roasted meat uh finishing the flavor text here drink fresh repeat uh clocks in at 7.1 abv 96 ibu so oh this is hot mm-hmm. and it's kind of meaty yeah the man's name is jim steinman by the way okay he did meatloaf's bad out of hell's one and two and three he also wrote Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, oh. Air Supplies Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Celine Dion's cover cover of It's All Coming Back to Me Now, originally released by his prog rock band Pandora's Box, later released by Meatloaf and Marion Raven. I have to listen to that original version of that. It's weird. Yeah. So, okay. He rules. He's, <laughs> okay. He quite literally would start with the name of a song and work backward. And I've been having this mental thought because I've been listening to the Meatloaf slash Jim Steinman Broadway musical soundtrack a lot lately because it rules. But uh, he shares quite a bit of uh, characteristics with heavy metal. Not Mm. Not sonically, but he takes everything deadly seriously. But he delivers it with a wink. I see. Which is why it's awesome. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that digression. Yes, I knew there was a connection between Meatloaf and that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I poured it. Oh, wow, I should really open this beer then. <laughs> um, it pours pretty coppery red. Amber? An amber, yeah, but really robust. So this really is... roussette. Nice. And I think I said russet in a previous show but no it's russet isn't it i don't know i've always called them russet potatoes michael shoot maybe i just got that twisted um, No, it's entirely possible there's little bits floating in there macroscopic macroscopic yeah because i can see them oh yeah good point what kind of glass have you been using for this stuff michael just a little straight up shaker i i'm using a tulip okay and wow there is a good amount of haze in there 
Yeah. There's like a little uh, nebula floating in the middle of mine. I'm, us- <laughs> I'm using a tulip if I didn't say that already. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a long day. It smells actually kind of malty. More than hoppy, I think. Well, I mean... 97 IBU, I thought. Oh, this is going to be a big... Or 96 IBU, sorry. Yeah, how dare you. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a big, vicious, hoppy one, but no, it's... But I mean, for what it's worth, it is a strong ale. Right. And you, and you don't get strong ale from uh, from hops there, Michael. That's true, yeah. yeah that, so maybe it'll be balanced. And it's and it's 7.1. I mean, that's got to have some malt to it. Did you say that this is a seasonal? I did not, no. This is a seasonal. It's available winter into early spring, so technically... <laughs> We're on time. We're, we're on time. Mm, whoa, I went in. That, that's a hairy beer. Yeah. Oh, it has like a zestiness to it. It's dank and earthy, one might say. Yeah, but I mean, oh, zesty, is that? But there's like a little tickle there's a ju- to there's the... There's a zhuzh at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. Neither of us have had this one before. No. I've had oh, you a... haven't either. Okay. No, no, I mean... no. Uh, I don't know if I've I'd seen this one. And I mean, maybe I had this. So I went to like a, a Top Chef Cedar Rapids thing with my fiance last year, where it's like you pay for your ticket and you get in and you taste small plates from, like eight or nine of Cedar Rapids's Top Chefs. In, top Chef. Well, no, the restaurants that okay. employ those Top Chefs. Okay. <laughs> but in the middle of it, they also had the various breweries giving out like, like medicine glasses, like methadone-sized glasses worth of. <laughs> Okay. Because they didn't want people getting hammered for free. Right. But uh, I remember I had some things from... I have had this one. Oh. And sure enough, it was uh, it was at the uh, Top that Chef. That taste? It was there. Okay. So it was a pretty small quantity at that time. So, so yeah, and I mean, like, on top of that, like, I had been, like, eating like a monster the entire time. There's a lot of food there. I, if you get a chance, check one of those things out. It's a lot of fun. That seems like a fun activity. Plus, you can eat like an idiot, like a complete <laughs> idiot, and it's great. I think we're going to do it again this year. But back to the beer. Um, yes. If you stick your nose into your glass, like farther than just like sniffing over the top, but you like really get in there, it's got almost a peppery smell to it. And I think that that might be what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Peppery is a good way to say it. Yeah, it just has this little like flair to it, and the the finish is really earthy bitterness too, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. It's a little different. It's not doesn't go into that piney territory. I respectfully disagree, Michael. I'd say this thing goes real piney for me, anyways. Really? Yeah. Like to me, the finish is just really grounded and earthy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so here's I had a feeling that the the X factor is a Zythos hop because I. That's Don't what I'm thinking, too. Uh, I've got some color text on Zythos hops for you. Zythos is a new IPA-style hop blend created to optimize and exceed the aroma characteristics of the traditional and sometimes hard-to-get IPA hops. Hop Union, um, who I'm assuming makes it, had a team of professional hop sniffers. What a good job. Blending combination of hops. The interesting thing about blending hops is like blending wine. The blend actually ends up being different than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. So what are the flavors? More beer went right to the source and interviewed our friend Will Harrison of Hop Union, who led the team that developed the blend. He has this to say. I get lots of citrus and tropical fruit notes. Mm, Disagree. The hop was blended to get a little bit of everything in one pellet. We went for citrus, tropical, pine, and spicy as the main flavors in that order. 
it also has some experimental varieties to make it more complex. Interesting. It's mm. similar to Simcoe and Amarillo, according to this. But, but um, yeah, it's I think pepper is, or spicy is a good way to put it. Which you don't often encounter. Mm-mm. And I wonder if that has something to do with the malt profile. The taste up front is pretty malty. Very much oh. so. Which I like. And I also wonder, I mean, those sea hops are noted for being fairly too extremely dank. Yeah, and, and Th- this, those are th- northwest for sure. Yeah, and this is definitely an, a dank beer, much mm-hmm. more than the last one we just had. It, it has that, it's it's kind of a layering effect on my tongue anyways. It's got the, uh, you've got that initial blast of malt and then mm-hmm. the bitterness and then that pepper almost. Mm-hmm. Or, do you think that the uh, the pepper comes in at the beginning or the end? I think it comes kind of right in the middle to me because you get the malt blast, pepper kicks in as in it fades as the pepper fades out, then you get like the the bitterness, mm-hmm. the danker bitterness to it. Yeah, that uh, the stank kind of comes uh, a little bit later. Interesting. This is this is an unusual beer. For me, Iowa Brewing Company has been a bit hit or miss. They make a really good light lager, which is unusual for me to say. It's called the Iowa Eagle. I want to say it's something like that. Uh, these are also the people that make the uh, the diddly sours. Okay. A- as in. Yes, I remember you talking about those. the peach diddly, the cherry diddly, things like that, because it's fine and dandy like sour candy. But some of them, like their IPAs, have just kind of left me a little bit flat. But uh, this one is is pretty interesting. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It's very different for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to like think about a rating. Transitioning to the ratings here, but. It's hard to, like, put my finger on it exactly. Mm-hmm. So what do we like about this one? I like the novelty of the spiciness. That is good. And it's it's not losing any of that novelty as we go on. I like that opening malt punch. Ditto. I, and I do like that earthy bitterness, but for me, it, it kind of lingers a little bit. Like, as I'm talking now, it's kind of just Bit of a spray paint effect. Yeah. We, we did these in the right order, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this really would have thrown off the yard sale if we would have had this first. Yeah, that's definitely a, kind of a lighter, loftier, crisp bitterness. Cleaner, one might even say. <laughs> right, as we established. So is it mostly the lingering aspects of the bitterness that's throwing you off? A little bit, yeah. And as I drink it, scales tilt a little more towards that bitterness versus the pepperiness and maltiness. It's not sweet, though. It's not, no. Which is always a problem that you can have when you're dealing with a red beer of any sort. Right. Yeah, that pepperness I really like. Um, Me too. I don't know. Do you want to go in for the rating first, Jeremy? Yeah, sure. Um, I really like this beer. The lacing on this glass is absurd. <laughs> and I wonder if that has anything to do with the malt content. But uh, but I'm going to go in here. So you, uh, you uh, entertain the people, Michael. I'm looking at pictures of Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, there's one. Him with Ronald Reagan here. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's kind of in the uh, background. And there's one with him with Nixon. Oh, Jesus. Nixon just keeps being relevant, and I don't like it. But we're not a political <laughs> podcast, Michael. So I'm going to give you a rating on this beer. Okay. Um, I like all the things that we've talked about. Unlike you, I, I don't have as much of an issue when it comes to the, the spray paint effect with the hops just kind of laying carpet on your tongue that uh 90 what was it 96 ibus is really coming through mm-hmm. um the the spiciness is awesome but yes. uh i feel like this would have been better served in a smaller portion mm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. 
yeah, we're drinking a 12-ounce bottle. But I feel like a snifter of this would last all day. Because this is a really, really thick, complex beer. Yeah. And with that in mind, I'm going to give it a 4.25. Because I really like this. But it's a little bit of a... The back of my tongue is kind of annihilated right now. And not in the cool Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac movie way. Right, right. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to throw that one on next time you're down here. Is that movie <laughs> rocks? I'll go in for a quick sip of judgment. Please do. Yeah, I like that spiciness a lot. I think it'd be better suited, though, for a different beer. Although I do like the novelty of having it in a, I don't know, a red IPA, could you call this? I don't even know if that's even right. I think strong ale is, strong ale, odd, yeah. oddly enough, that's a really good way of putting it because everything is strong. I like that aspect of the beer, but I, I think it'd be better suited. Like when I think of a nice, an awesome peppery beer, it's not, you can't really compare the two, but um, La Fin du Monde. And it's not even like a... Uh... A vegetal pepper, like no, no, no. It's a spice. This is this is just like zazz, for lack yeah. of a better word. I'm kind of also comparing it to the one we just had, the yard work. Mm-hmm. And I was oscillating between two ratings, but I think because yard work, I believe I like that more, despite the awesome pepperiness. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna rate this a three point seven five. Tisk. Tisk. You know, I was going between that and a four, and I just kind of chose one and i thought the yard work again in a different situation where we never had the yard work yard sale good sir thank you yard sale sorry i removed the label <laughs> so i'm looking at a <laughs> just a steel can right here yard sale yeah and in another recording session where we had something else and not the yard sale i might be saying something different but you know and that averages out to a four between our ratings and i think that's a pretty good spot for this beer so that's um, fair. I'm. I'm. This. This is definitely. I mean, this is, and I don't mean this in like a derisive way of you or the beer, but this is a difficult beer. <laughs> right. Yes. It's kind of unlike a lot of what we have, which is kind of one of the reasons why I like it. Yeah. I. I. I can't think of anything that we've had that's like this. No. Not. Uh, yeah. Or it like has while, aspects of different beers that we had, but nothing. Yeah. Def- yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. That's another one down the gullet. You stole the words right out of my mouth, Michael. <laughs> or no, hold on. You took the words right out of my mouth. To quote Meatloaf. Yes. <laughs> Callback. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so we're at APM Pod everywhere, including Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with their ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite app. But we'll leave it at that. Yeah, sounds good. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.